Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Well, hello there, friends and faithful listeners. My name is Jen. I am the host of the Bible Explained podcast, and I'm so excited that you are here with me this morning to share a cup of coffee with me. Now, I'm actually drinking water right now because I had too much coffee this morning, as I usually do, and I developed a stomach ache. It's so sad because I love coffee so much and I can't stop drinking it, but Every once in a while, I just get a terrible stomach ache from it, and I don't know why. <laughs> but it's not going to stop me from drinking coffee. It, it, it can't, okay? I will stubbornly drink coffee till the day that I die. Okay, let's read 1 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 through 12 today. And this portion of scripture is kind of funny, actually. I, I got a few chuckles out of it when I read it this morning. And so I'm excited to share it with you guys. So let's read this out of the W.E.B. or whatever version of the Bible that you prefer. But I always read out of the W.E.B. So once again, this is 1 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. Don't forget to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea this morning. And let's read this together. Yahweh's Ark was in the country of the Philistines for seven months. The Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do with Yahweh's Ark? Show us how we should send it back to its place. They said, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel, don't send it empty, but by all means return a trespass offering to him. Then you will be healed and it will be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Then they said, what should the trespass offering be, which we shall return to him? They said, five golden tumors and five golden mice for the number of the lords of the Philistines. For one plague was on you all and on your lords. Therefore, you shall make images of your tumors and images of your mice that mar the land, and you shall give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will release his hand from you, from your gods and from your land. Why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had worked wonderfully among them, didn't they let the people go and they departed? Now, therefore, take and prepare yourselves a new cart and two milk cows on which there has come no yoke and tie the cows to the cart and bring their calves home from them. And take Yahweh's ark, and lay it on the cart. Put the jewels of gold, which you would turn to him for a trespass offering, in a box by its side, and send it away that it may go. Behold, if it goes up by the way of its own border to Beth Shemesh, then he has done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us. It was a chance that it happened to us. The men did so, and took two milk cows, and tied them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. They put Yahweh's ark on the cart, and the box with the golden mice and the images of their tumors. The cows took the straight way by the way to Beth Shemesh. They went along the highway, lowing as they went, and didn't turn away to the right hand or to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. So I think you guys can see why I find this story kind of funny. And the reason being is because in the chapter before, the Philistines were so excited over getting the Ark of the Covenant. You know, they had some pride and achievement in that. They thought that they stuck it to the Israelites, you know. And now seven months later, they're trying to figure out how to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant and basically send it 
back home. And they devised this plan, which also is very funny regarding like the tumors and the rats. I'll get into that in a moment. But it says here in verse one that Yahweh's Ark was in the country of the Philistines for seven months. Now, you might be wondering, why did it take so long for the Philistines to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant after everything that happened to them? Because if you guys remember in the last chapter, the Philistines, every single place that the Ark of the Covenant was in Philistine territory, there was an outbreak of this terrible plague. And a lot of people think that the plague was um, the bubonic plague, specifically because of the symptom of the tumors and then also the rats mentioned here in this chapter that we just read today. But every place that the Ark of the Covenant was, the Philistines found themselves with this terrible outbreak of some sort of awful plague. So the Philistines knew that they had offended God in some way and that it was directly related to what they had done with the Ark of the Covenant. So now the Philistines are trying to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant. But the reason I think it took them so long to finally get rid of the Ark of the Covenant was because they had pride in it, you know, and uh, they didn't want to give up this military achievement so easily, this prize that they had won in battle. They didn't want to give it up. But finally, after seven months of this plague, just like ravaging and marring the land, they're they're at their wits end and they're like, we have to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant. We have to send it back to its own hometown. So it sounds like the Philistine lords call in their diviners and also their priests. And these wouldn't be priests of Yahweh. These would most likely be priests of Dagon or whatever other God that the Philistines worshiped. So they bring in their priests and their diviners and they're like, what should we do with the Ark of the Covenant? How should we send it back home? So in verse three, the diviners say, if you send away the Ark of the God of Israel, don't send it away empty, but give a trespass offering. So it's interesting that the diviners had some knowledge, very limited knowledge of Yahweh, in that they knew that they had sinned against Yahweh. They had offended him in some way. And also that they knew that they were supposed to do a sin offering to God. Now, of course, a sin offering, when we read about that in the Old Testament law, we know that that was an animal sacrificed to God, a clean animal sacrificed to God. And it was to be done in a very, very specific way. And there was supposed to be a lot of sorrow associated with it because an uh, innocent animal was dying in your place because you sinned. But the diviners here, not knowing the Old Testament law, don't really know exactly what to do, I think, for a sin offering. And so they're not following the law, obviously, the way they should be. But they give this suggestion about what a sin offering should be. And so they're like, let's make five golden tumors <laughs> and five golden rats and a chest to put them in. And let's send them away with the Ark of the Covenant is what they say. And each of the tumors and the rats, all 10 of them, represent the Philistine lords. And so I don't know if there were five Philistine lords or 10 Philistine lords. Perhaps there was a rat and a tumor <laughs> specifically for each Philistine lord. But it kind of shows how bad this plague was because the Philistine lords would have been probably some of the most protected people 
in Philistine territory, right? Because they were the lords. And yet each of them, all five or 10 of them, ended up getting the plague because that's what it says here. For one plague was on you all and on your lords. So that just goes to show you that this this plague really ripped through the Philistine territory because even their lords ended up getting it. So because of the rats mentioned here, like I said, a lot of people think that it was the bubonic plague. But going back to the story, the diviners suggest making golden tumors and golden mice as a trespass offering for Yahweh. (laughs) Oh, I, I can't imagine that that was a very pretty project to work on. Whoever ended up working on the golden mice and golden tumors. But but that was what they suggested. And. I guess I can see where they were coming from because the plague that hit them with the mice and the tumors was kind of like the symbol of their sin, if that makes sense. And so because that was the symbol of their sin, they wanted to use those two symbols as their sin offering, if that makes sense. So they're like, let's give glory to Yahweh through the images of the tumors and the images of the mice that marred the land. We are going to give glory to the God of Israel. And then here's what's so interesting about this in verse five. Perhaps he will release his hand from you, from your gods and from your land. Now, what does that tell you? This tells me that the diviners knew that Yahweh was above their gods And yet they're not giving the advice to the Philistine lords that they should turn away from their gods and worship Yahweh, the only real God. Instead, they're like, let's get rid of Yahweh and go back to our little G gods who clearly can't save us. Because if Yahweh's hand was against their gods, as the Philistines literally just stated, that means that they know that Yahweh is more powerful than whatever God they are currently worshiping. And yet they still don't want to worship Yahweh. They want to go back to the way things were. They want to not change anything and they just want everything to go back to how they view as normal. Yet, can you imagine if the Philistines had turned to God during all of this? instead of just trying to go back to their own little G-gods as before. You can imagine that the Ark of the Covenant would probably not have been a burden any longer. It would have been a huge blessing to have it in their land because we know that anybody who followed God and the Ark of the Covenant was in their city or in their hometown or even in their homes, as we'll find out that some people actually housed the Ark of the Covenant later on, God actually blessed those families greatly just due to the Ark of the Covenant being near them. So I imagine that the Philistines, if they had turned to God, the Ark of the Covenant would no longer have been a terrible burden to them. It would have been a huge, huge blessing, but they didn't want to do that. They wanted to go back to the way things were. They did not want to change. And I kind of talked about that in the last episode about how people really, really have a hard time with change. And I do too. I think every person kind of struggles with change. But sometimes change is a good thing, especially when you change your mind towards God. 
That's why Paul and some of the other authors of the New Testament talk incessantly about controlling your thoughts and about changing your minds to do the right thing and taking every thought captive is what it says. In other words, constantly renewing your mind and changing it to what really matters. But unfortunately, that's not what the Philistines did. And proving this point a little bit further in verse six, they say, why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had worked wonderfully among them, didn't they let the people go and they departed? So the diviners are reminding the Philistine lords the story of what happened in Egypt. And they're using this as an example as to why they should let the Ark of the Covenant go freely, right? But what these diviners don't understand was that when God struck the Egyptians with all sorts of plagues and all sorts of, you know, crazy things that happened there, God was actually targeting Egyptian gods. For example, the Egyptians worshipped this goddess named Isis. And Isis was the goddess of health and wellness. And yet when God sent these boils to Egypt, like a, a plague of boils, God was targeting Isis and showing the Egyptian people that no matter how much they pray to Isis for healing, no matter how many sacrifices they make to Isis, their boils weren't going to go away because Isis literally had no power at all over them. Isis was a made up creation that the Egyptians invented. <laughs> and, and that was what God was doing when he sent each individual plague to Egypt. It was targeting a different Egyptian God. And so even though these diviners, they have a very basic understanding of Yahweh in their minds, they don't have a spiritual understanding of him. They don't have the knowledge that that God wants a relationship with each and every one of us. He wants a personal relationship with each person. He wants each person to turn away from whatever ideology is causing them to fall away from God or whatever uh, idol we happen to be worshiping that is causing us to fall away from God. God wants us to turn from those things and to seek him because he created us to have fellowship with him. I was actually just thinking about this last night. I was thinking about, you know, my dog. I love him very much. And, <laughs> and he's a cute little dog, but he's, he's not a human being. And I was thinking, you know, I really enjoy having a presence with my dog. But at the same time, I can't really have like the same fellowship with my dog as I can with like my friend or with my husband or anybody else really. And I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, it's so nice and it's so amazing that God decided to create me as a human being. And he did that because he actually wanted to have a, an intimate relationship with me. And it's so amazing to think about that when God thought about creating me, he chose to make me a human being that can have a relationship, like an eternal lasting relationship with him, where when I die, I get to go to heaven, you know, and, you know, I'm not saying that animal, I, I'm not even going to get into the whole <laughs> whether or not animals can go to heaven, but still 
there's something different about human relationships, you know, with each other and then also with God. And so every single human being that God created has value and has the opportunity to seek him and to have a true deep relationship with him. And yet the Philistines just didn't understand that about God. They didn't understand that they had a God who created them as human beings and who wanted their attention. But moving forward, the Philistines decide to put God to the test in verses seven through the end of the, the portion we read today by setting up this little scenario that in a human's mind would be impossible, right? <laughs> and the reason they decide to do this is so that they can know for sure that God actually sent these plagues to the Philistines himself. But if the little experiment that they do fails, like God doesn't pull through or God doesn't show a miracle to them, then they will know that all these plagues happened by chance is what they say in verse nine. So here's the little scenario they put together. They say, let's put the Ark of the Covenant in the back of a cart and the chest containing the golden tumors and the golden rats. And we'll put all that in the back of a cart and we'll tie to the cart two brand new mom cows. So cows that have never pulled a cart and ones that just gave birth to calves. But we're going to keep their calves far away from them. We're going to lock the calves up and then we will see which way the cows will go. If the cows try to go back to the babies that they just birthed or if they stray off the path even a little bit, then we will know that God actually did not send these plagues to us. But if they go directly to this Israeli city called Beth Shemesh, then we will know that God himself, Yahweh himself, was the one who sent these plagues to us. So that's exactly what they do. They find two mom cows that had just given birth who wanted to be near their calves because obviously they just gave birth and the maternal instinct is really strong in those cows at this point in time. They hook those two cows up to the yoke. And by the way, because the cows have never been yoked up, they're also going to dislike that. <laughs> so they, they hook up the two cows to the cart. And of course, the Ark of the Covenant is on the cart and also the golden tumors and rats are also on the cart. And so the Philistines are following behind this cart to see whether or not the cows are going to stray from the path and try to turn around or try to go eat or try to do anything else. But the cows stay perfectly on the path directly to Beth Shemesh. <laughs> and I'm sure the Philistines were probably like, this seems weird. You know, even though they, they set this thing up themselves and were trying to get God to perform a miracle for them, they're probably super surprised that God is actually performing the miracle for them. And that's exactly what God is doing. He's having the cows follow the straight path to Beth Shemesh. When, in fact, I'm sure those cows wanted to go back to their calves, wanted to go eat, wanted to stray off the path, wanted to go anywhere else. God was like, no, you cows stay on the path to Beth Shemesh. And so that's what the cows do. And you can tell that they're not happy because they're lowing along the way is what it says. So they're almost like crying out like, I want to see my babies, you know, but yet they're still staying on the path to Beth Shemesh. And yet even this did not cause the Philistines 
to believe in Yahweh. Even this miracle that just happened in front of them of the cows not turning any which way except for going straight to Beth Shemesh, even that didn't convince the Philistines to follow Yahweh, even though they had seen so many miracles, even though they had seen God's power, even though they knew the stories of what Yahweh had done in the past, they still did not choose to follow Yahweh. Well, faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I also hope that you go over to my YouTube channel because I have a new interview coming out. I recently interviewed a man that I know who got into a terrible, terrible motorcycle accident several years ago. And I remember when it happened, it was absolutely awful for everybody that knew him. And uh, he's going to be sharing his journey through that, as well as how it challenged his faith and how he almost died as well. And just how God got him through that entire horrific experience. So I'm going to be editing that video and that will be coming out very soon on the YouTube channel. So please go over to YouTube. It is linked in the description of this episode and subscribe so that you don't miss that amazing interview that is about to come out. Faithful listeners, you all are awesome and I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day. I hope what you heard today, you take to heart and that you worship Yahweh and Yahweh only. And also that you just thank him for the fact that he created you as a human being to have a wonderful relationship with you personally. Alrighty, faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow for an episode out of the book of Acts. Until then, happy listening and God bless. Thank you.